0: speak about father forgive them for they do not know what they do well it's uh, good to have some friends this morning and uh, Laura and jonathan all the way from virginia just to hear this isn't it wonderful thank you <laughs> and we have tony and yeah from arizona dr tony okay dr, dr. Tony. tony okay the real thing. okay we have been praying for you that was wonderful that you are here this morning thank you very much We have been studying the book of Job and Job is a very interesting and very exciting book for those who really know the Bible. Let me just go back quickly and bring back from what we did last uh, two weeks ago. The story of Job is one of the best known in the entire Bible. Yet, strangely, one of the least understood book in the Bible. The story of Job is profoundly provocative to the human mind. The book of Job is journey into unsearchable ways of God. And that's what we are doing, my friends. We are journeying with Job, and trying to understand what happened behind the screen. The the book of Job is speaking about God, who our God is. And uh, that is my heart's desire that the spirit of the living God will illuminate their mind and thinking about the doctrine of God. The popular preachers and preachings is absolutely what the Bible presents. God is not like that. Because God is infinitely holy and glorious. We all know that God loves. Everybody knows God loves. But God is much more than that. And that's what we need to understand. So we are going to travel with Job. When we read the book of Job, the question always comes, why righteous people suffer? Why bad things happen to good people? The finite mind will never comprehend the infinite wisdom and God's dealing on this planet Earth. If God is so loving, how can he allow suffering that's, you, you encounter questions all the time. Does God care? Does God care? Is God worthy of our worship in tough times? It is good when everything is wonderful, but when everything goes south, then it is very hard to say, Thank you, Lord. But that word, when you have a deep understanding of God, no matter what comes in your life, you know who is in control of your life. You are not control of your life. We are dust. And we shall return to the dust. But he is eternal. He is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. That is the God of the Bible. So when you know about God of the Bible, you The book of Job is painting God all over from from first chapter to the last chapter. Job is a very difficult book to grasp from the human perspective. But Job is a true account of a godly man and very prominent wealthy man. He was a Bill Gates in those days. Billionaire. And in, within the times, everything was taken away. His family, his children, his possession, his health, and his Mrs. Job came forward and said, curse God and die, you're worth nothing. Because he believed in prosperity gospel. What God can do for them. On the other hand, the increased pain and the friends who came to counsel was worthless. And we'll, we'll go in details about the counseling. You know when I study the book of Job, upfront I would like to tell you there are more than 150 practical lessons from the book. And you will be blessed, very practical, how to handle situations in life. And Job is so beautiful. What makes this inspired story so perplexing that Job was so most righteous man on the earth and least deserving of such tragic affliction? And that's why it raises the questions, why do bad things happen to good people? Why bad things happen to good people? It was God who removed the impenetrable protection around Job you have to understand friends if god is a sovereign if god is the potter he has a right over your life and my life who am i to guide god what he should do god doesn't need my counsel he doesn't need my counsel i need to submit that's what one of the lessons we learned from the book of job is submission submission God has the hedge around his redeemed people. Do you know that? God has a hedge around the redeemed people. God protects his people. But when he allows, he breaks down the protection and let the world know that you believe God, not because of the blessings, but because you, God is your redeemer. That is a lesson, friends. That's why the Satan came. He said, does Job worship you for nothing? Because you have blessed him. That's why he's worshiping. Take away the blessings. And the Lord said, make my day. Everything was taken away, right? And what did Job say? Blessed be the name of God. The Lord gave. The Lord took it. Blessed be the name of God. That what the Lord would have us to understand that this is our God. No wonder he says in chapter 13 verse 15 even though he slay I will trust him. I will trust him even though he slay. That what the maturity speaks friends. That what the Lord would have us to go that level no matter what comes in our life. Praise God that he is in control. That's what the Job, the lesson of Job is teaching us. You know the question sometimes I wonder, why would God be initiated to this dark night in Job's soul? Well, he chose. <laughs> he chose. Can, Paul, can Clay argue with the potter what he's doing? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Here is an inspired record of a man who was taken to the depths of disparity by the grace of God. If grace of God is sufficient, then grace of God is deposited on our account for anything and everything, for his glory. For his glory. Well... Last time we ended up that Job trusted God in the midst of furnace of life's affliction and uh, he came out triumphantly. Okay, let's connect from there to our teaching today. What makes this book of Job unique? What what, What makes this book so unique? Job contains the longest place Four lengthy chapters in the Bible where God himself speaks. More than 600 questions God raised to Job. Job contains the longest place in the Bible where Satan speaks. Chapter 1 and 2. Job provides the rare insight into heaven. Revealing a conversation between God and Satan. Satan before the angel and around the divine throne. Job uses more Hebrew words, not found anywhere else in the Bible. Do you know that? He uses more Hebrew words. The book of Job specifically wrestles with the heart-wrenching questions. If God is so loving and merciful, why do the righteous suffer? I don't know how many times I have been hammered with this question by people. Why me? I always say, why not? Why not? If God would like to manifest his grace through your pains, let it be so. We are the one who says, back off, God. I'm in control. One of the lessons I have learned in the book of Job, let God be God. Let God be God. That what the Lord would have us to learn. My prayer, my beloved, every day I pray for you. That the Lord would give you depth of understanding of who God is. So you can build your character, your faith, your family, your children, your eternal destiny on God. Don't trust what God does for you. Trust who God is. When you trust, when you build your trust in what God does for you, you're building your faith on the sand. Don't you do that. And do not let your children put their trust in the blessings. Let God be God. Was Job a real person? Question. Was Job a real question, person. Job was a real person. He was an actually actual historical figure, a real- life man who was married, father of 10 and a prominent businessman. He suffered one of the most devastating trials anyone has ever been called to face. That's why it is so dear to all of us because we are living in a time where we encounter all kinds of things. And sometimes you wonder, how can we handle, learn from Job? How did he do that? How did he do? The following facts are some reasons why why which support this claim the old testament prophet ezekiel spoke about job do you know that that means he confirmed that job was a historical figure turn with me to ezekiel chapter 14 and verse 14 and verse 20 the book of ezekiel in the old testament After the lamentation, the book of Ezekiel comes in chapter fourteen, and verse fourteen and verse twenty. Some can, someone can read them loudly because that speaks about the historicity of Job. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Alison. That speaks about the historicity of Job. The spirit of the God through Ezekiel confirmed that Job was a historical man. Her brother of Jesus Christ was James. And in James chapter 5, verse 11, someone can read, please. The letter of James chapter 5, verse 11. That is a New Testament confirmation that Job was a real man. Thank you very much. Old Testament, New Testament. How about Paul? Apostle Paul quoted twice in the book of Romans from Job. And that is you find in Romans, I don't want you to turn with me, Romans chapter 11 verse 35 where he quotes uh, Job chapter 41 verse 11 and 1st Corinthians chapter 3, 19 and he quotes from Job chapter 5 verse 13. So all the many historical details of this book give us that Job was a real individual person. He lived in the land of Uz, a real place, and suffered real losses in his family, wealth, and health. He, the losses were carried out by a real force, Satan, using the real forces. Job was comforted by three real friends, and we know how they comforted. And was Job was a mythical character? No, he was not a mythical character. He was a real man. Where did the unique event suffering of Job took place? Well, it is believed that Job lived in the desert lands of modern-day of Arabia, southeast of the Dead Sea, southeast of the Dead Sea. You know, in the book of Job, there are several themes, and it is wonderful to just just, gl- uh, just consider the, the theme. The first theme comes in the book of Job is the sovereignty of God. We have done in details. When I was teaching about the doctrines of the Bible and we studied almost thir- 14 doctrines of the Bible. And one of the, doc- one of the attributes of God is the sovereignty of God. So I don't know how you understand the sovereignty of God but for your sake I, will li- I-, I like to just elaborate When we say God is a sovereign God, what comes to your mind? When you you think about God is a sovereign God, what comes to your mind? This is the prominent theme in the book of Job. Actually, this book is about God. And in the opening chapters, the reader is allowed to see into heaven's throne room. God controls Satan's Power. Never ever give credit to Satan. Some of the people, you know, they say, Satan did it to me. Satan did it to me. Why do you give credit to Satan? Unless God allows him to do that, he has no power. He has no power. He's a defeated foe. There was a uh, I won't give the name in California as a mega church, mega church. And the pastor he stepped down and his son-in-law took over. And there were a uh, installation service in the evening, previous evening, and he was supposed to go somewhere else to preach. Next day, he was dropped dead. He had a massive heart attack. So, in the funeral service, people began to talk. This is the truth I'm talking about. This is the way people told. Satan killed him. Because he was about to do God's work, Satan killed him. You know, when you think about that, you make God sick. You make God sick. Book of Job speaks about Satan has to come to God and ask permission. He has no power. If God is a sovereign God, then he is all-powerful God. God. All-powerful God, beloved. That is our God. That is our God. So remember, God controls Satan's power and also man's circumstances. Never, ever go under the circumstances, oh, this is my circumstances. Don't go under pity party. God of the Bible is above and over the circumstances. Never beneath the circumstances. That is not my God. Probably yours. God of the Bible is about the circumstances. God controls the circumstances. So the book ends with God questioning Job about the nature of his own right and the rule. God is God. You know, sovereignty, let me, those who have never been to the class, let me throw some of the thoughts about the sovereignty of God. When we say God is a sovereign God, we mean the supremacy of God The kingship of God. To say that God is a sovereign is to declare that God is God and we who we are. When we say God is a sovereign, we are declaring that he is the almighty power. He is the almighty, the possessor of the all power in heaven and on earth, so that no one can defeat his counsel, nobody can thwart his purpose. When we say he, God is a sovereign, we affirm his right to govern the universe which he has made for his own glory. He is a sovereign in the exercise of his power. He is a sovereign in exercising his love. He is sovereign in exercising his mercy and his loving kindness in his faithfulness. Whomever he chooses, however he chooses, whenever he chooses, that is God. My beloved, God does what he pleases, when he pleases, how he pleases, and whom he pleases. I'm the clay, he is the potter, he has a right over me, he can bring me to the grave, or he can bring me to the heaven. It is God. That we need to understand. And that's why, beloved, never, never advise God what he should do. God doesn't need my advice. Otherwise, I will give him the counsel in the the pastor's room. He doesn't need my counsel. God is God. If God is omnipotent, all-powerful God, God is omniscient, he sees everything. If God is omnipresent, he's everywhere. Then why would I worry? Isaiah 46, verse 10, he knows the beginning and he knows, he knows the end. Would I not submit to him? So that is the theme in the book of Job, that God is in control. And my beloved, when we say God is in control, what am I supposed to do? Trust him. Depend on him. Never question. Like Job, even though he slay, I will trust him. Even though he slay, I will trust him. He will do always as he pleases. You know, unfortunately, we are living in a fallen world. And our thinking is tainted with the culture. That God ought to be like this. And we interpret God according to our finite understanding of God. And we judge God. That is a dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. Job did not understand anything and everything was going behind. Yet he said, I know my Redeemer. And my beloved, let me say it right in the front. God is not obligated to reveal everything what he's up to. God is not obligated. He takes his own time. His clock never runs fast. And his clock never runs slow. Ours always goes fast. Because we are living in a microwave age. Push the button, 20 seconds, done. But God is working in a slow cooker sometimes. (laughs) It is hard for us to understand. But my beloved, over these 45 years in the ministry, I learned never doubt, never question, trust. It is easy to sing trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, trust and obey, but it is very hard. To put into practice. It is wonderful to sing. Have thine own way Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. How often we would like to make God. As a clay. And we would like to become potter. And we want to shape God. According to our likings. Never works. Never works. So that is a one theme. Of the book of Job. Second theme is Satan. Satan. We see in the book of in the book, Satan in a most revealing way. He is the invisible foe of God. And his people is unmasked in the opening, and he, uh, uh, he's the invisible foe of God and his people. His mask is unmasked in the opening chapters of the book of Job. The great adversary of God is shown to be who he is really is who he really is he is a evil perpetrator behind the devastating disaster that strikes job's life he is powerful enemy but operating under god's sovereignty always remember he operates Only by God's sovereignty. If God permits, then only he will do that. He has no power. So never give any credit. Anything comes in your life, any adverse things happen, don't give credit, oh, Satan did it to me. No, 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 no. Go back on your knees and say, Lord, what you are up to? And he will tell you. But don't judge God. Don't judge God. One of these days, we are going to sing God Moves in a Mysterious Way. It's a beautiful song. Uh, the churches have ceased to sing that song. It's a great sovereign, sovereignty of God's song. And the man who composed that song, he went into depression. And you know who, who composed that song? Um, uh, that song, uh, um, what is that song? Hmm? There is a fountain flow from Emmanuel Swain, right? That man. He was very, I told the story last, last week before last Lord's Day. When he was six years old, his mother passed away. He wanted to be, uh, he, he, he was dating with a girl. His father did not permit him to marry, so he remained single. And then he was, went to depression. And then he went, uh, uh, no, he wanted to go to be a lawyer. So he went to the lawyer's academy, and then he has to appear before bar, bar exam. And he was so afraid, so he did not appear in the bar exam. Finally, he went to depression. And he went in the mental asylum. And after years, then, he came, then there was a godly family who took him out. And then he came to know the Lord. After that, these two songs came. It's what a beautiful song. There is a fountain flow, Emmanuel Swain. That was his song. And another song, God moves in a mysterious way. What a beautiful song. I love that. Pastor Marty and I heard that song, and one of these days we will have this, and you will be blessed, I tell you. So what I'm saying is that he is a he is, uh, powerful enemy, but operating under God's sovereignty, having request divine permission to strike Job. Satan is a real adversary, and he is uh, armed with great power. His hatred of God is seen here. His hatred is sin here. The third theme of the book of Job is suffering. Suffering. Which we do not like to consider. Because, you know, that's the teaching, the popular teaching that God bless you, God will give you heaven and all these things. But Jesus told that whoever comes to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. It's suffering. Suffering. And... uh, the pain and the hardship endured by Job raises the old question: why do righteous suffer? Why do righteous suffer? How would you answer to your children if they ask you a question? How do you answer? That's what we are here to educate from the scripture. Because We are not giving our opinion. We are giving God's word. Because God doesn't have opinion. His word is yes and no. Why would loving God allow pain and suffering? Why would God allow pain and suffering? That's a big question. And unless you are equipped, you will never be able to answer when people ask the question. So, during the course of the study, as we journey through Job, chapter after chapter, verses after verses, you will be disclosed the depth of God. So, you can give counsel according to the scripture. Always put the scripture first, not your opinion. Your opinion doesn't count, but God's word counts because God will not deny himself. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, the Spirit of God reads or writes like this God is not a man that he changes his mind nor he is the son of man who changes his thought. Isaiah 14, verse 27 says, what he has said, nobody can thwart his purpose. Nobody can. And God is not obligated to answer everything to his creature. The truth is God's ways are above our ways. You know Isaiah chapter fifty five is a profound word. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than God's ways are higher always. So God's ways is above our ways. Yet He always has a purpose behind the suffering. You know that I love it. God always has a purpose behind the suffering. Because he would like to present you before the wall. This is my trophy. This is my trophy of grace. Our finite mind will never understand the suffering and pain. But God who allows this, he knows. Why he allowed it? You know, I often say I had all kinds of pain, Pastor Marty knows, and I always long to be with the Lord every day. Since four and a half years, I'm going through this chronic, unbelievable pain. Last Monday, I had a, another procedure. But you know, one thing, so beautiful, I just praise God for my pain. Because I witnessed 13 neurologists about the Lord. Four pain management doctors, otherwise they would have never known one doctor told me, because you know your Lord, the Lord would not let you do what you would like to do. Yes, amen, brother. What a privilege. In the pain, God gives you opportunity to do witness. The anesthesiologist last Monday said, are you going to pray for us? Isn't it wonderful? Anestheologist, he came to usher me in the OR, He said, are you going to pray for us? I said, yes, sir, I'm going to pray for you. So there were two doctors, radiologists, nurses, and they all stood around, and I lifted up the time of prayer. What a privilege. What a privilege. So when God allows this to happen, he has a purpose. So these people, doctors, are without excuse. Take every opportunity whether it is pain or gain. Yet he always has a purpose behind the suffering, often unrevealed to man. Job never knew why he suffered. God's answer to Job's forceful inquiry was to submit to the sovereign will of God. Sovereign will of God and his counsel, which is beyond human understanding. And the fourth fourth theme in the book of Job is submission. It is very hard, my friends. Very hard. In one of the churches, this is personal illustration, forgive me. Somebody asked my wife, why do you have to submit to your husband? What did she answer? It's my privilege to submit because I submit to my God and my husband. We are living in a time, friend, that word is missing. That word is missing. Why do I have to submit? Well, you are not your own, number one. You are purchased possession of heaven. And second, thirdly, You're not living according to your will. If you're completely yielded to the Lord, it is the Lord's will, not your will. And the Lord's will is to submit. So the book of Job is talking about and teaching us submission. Job serves as a good example to all believers. As he humbly submits to the sovereign rule of God over his life. You know, my friends, if this word is practiced in the family, 75 percent will, problem will fly away. This submission is addressed and understood by Job in the context of his own life when he says, even though he slay, I will submit. Can you say that? Even though he allows cancer in my life, I will praise him. Oh, pastor, you are asking too much. That is what the Lord would have us to go there. No matter what comes, praise God. Because you know, my friends, the best is yet to come for those who love God. This world is not our home. We are passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Do you feel at home here? or you're longing to be with the Lord. The best is yet to come. No matter what, no matter how you go through what you go through, remember, God is a sovereign God. He is a powerful, when my life is in his hand, he will do everything for his own glory. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.